So me and my buddy Steven actually have a game that we just recently created, and it's Guess That Tweet. And uh, I, I'm actually really, really good at it. I always get it right for whatever reason. But I kind of came up with five tweets that I saw online that have made me lose, like, my faith in the human race. Like, we are just falling apart. And uh, we're, like, most awkward. And then these aren't, like, horrible, horrible things. But, man, we are just such a weird and awkward race. Um, so, so, so here we go. Here's the first one. I accidentally opened a bathroom stall when someone was using it, and we made contact for three whole seconds. Now, okay, three whole seconds doesn't sound like a lot of time, but when you're just, like, staring at someone for those, that feels like forever. That is one of my deep fears. Like, I related to this person. Like, I always, like, double-check to see if someone's legs are underneath there because there's nothing more awkward than someone's going to the bathroom and you pop in. So I hate public restrooms for that reason alone. So I can't imagine just staring at that person. It's pretty awkward. Um, next one. One time, someone told me they had the same name as me. I asked them, what's your name? That's pretty good, right? You forget your name. I do stuff like that all the time. Um, I actually have one one that I could talk about tonight. Um, And uh, I I was in the gym, and I was working out, and this mom came over. And she had her, her kids with her, and uh, that we were kind of talking. She was like, we love your church program. It, it, we think it's so awesome. And, and I, like, I just wasn't thinking straight, and my reply to her was like, I'm so awesome. Like, the, the, that's what decided to come out of my I was like, are you kidding me? I meant to say, that's so awesome, but I'm so awesome. And then I never saw that, that mom or her kids in church ever again after that day. So that backfired him a little bit. So I can relate to that person too. This is by far my favorite one on the whole list. Um, A waiter asked my sister if she wanted super salad. She thought he was saying super salad and kept answering yes. So, okay, so let me set this up for you guys. Uh, uh, Waiters, I never hear what they're saying. So this girl is sitting at the table, right? And the waiter comes over and says, do you want super salad? And the girl goes, yes, I would like a super salad. Why would I want the normal salad when they have super salad? And so that kind of conversation keeps going back and forth a little bit, like super salad. And she's like, yes. Like, isn't that the most awkward thing you've ever done anything like that? Like who would ever want normal boring salad after that? Um, this next one is actually from someone here and I'm not going to give away their identity. I was looking for a good one, but then I found this one and I was really happy. If anyone tells me what happened during the Bachelorette finale, I'm going to lose it tonight, all right? That was someone in this room, and we'll have to play that game later after service tonight to figure out who that was. But uh, I think that person already knows who it was. But we kind of been talking about faith in this series, and uh, last week my hope was to lay some foundation so that you guys could see what faith is really all about. And we saw a great example of it because there's substance to faith. And, and we saw that through the lives of those three boys that we looked at last week. And we kind of came up with this sentence to sum it all up. And I hope you guys remember this and it really had an impact on your life. This is what I said. Real faith knows that God can so that he can do anything, believes that he will, and trust him even if he doesn't. For whatever reason, if he doesn't come through on the way that I want him to, that he's still God. And he's still in control. And I'm still going to trust him because he always has my best in mind. And and that can be a hard thing to go through when you're in the middle of it. And we saw that those boys went through a really hard time. But man, they made up their mind. They were dedicated. They were going to have their faith in God no matter what was going to happen to them. And so tonight, I kind of want to 
just get that basis again as we talked about. We started last week in Hebrews 11. Just so if anyone missed it, you know this. This is kind of the whole idea that our series is built on. This idea and this definition that Paul gives us of, of faith in Hebrews. And this is what it says. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So first off, it's assurance that we, we don't see God, but we know he's real. That's one of the main definitions of faith that we need to understand and get. Even though we can't see it, can't put our hands on it, we know. There's an assurance in us. There's, there's that calmness in us that we know, even though we can't see it. And it's confidence in what we hope for, what we're praying for, and the areas that we're believing God for breakthrough. Because we all need faith for something tonight. We all have a huge issue in our life that we're waiting for God to come through on. But kind of what I want to ask you guys tonight is, is this question. Is, is what happens when God doesn't answer that prayer? You know, last week we, we looked at a verse where God came through, where their faith, you know, wasn't in vain. They worked out. They didn't burn up in the fire. But what about you guys? What happens in your life when it seems like God doesn't come through? You've been praying for something. You've been believing for something for a really long time. And it just seems like it's not coming to pass. What do you do in those moments? Because here's the truth, is that a lot of people get mad at God in those moments. Those are the moments in life when people decide to walk out on God. It's when they were believing, trusting full-heartedly that he was going to come through for them on this issue. And they didn't get the answer they wanted. And so their faith kind of fell apart. And so I want to ask you guys, what do you do in those moments? What do you believe in in those moments when the answer you want doesn't come through? And then here's the next thing we got to talk about tonight is, is it because there is a lack of faith on our part. Like, do, do we have something to do with that cause? Because it didn't happen the way we want it to. Did it fall apart because we didn't believe enough or we didn't conjure up enough faith inside of us? I mean, if, if you guys have been in church long enough, then you've heard that before. You've heard people say, the reason why this didn't happen or work out the way that you wanted to is because you just didn't believe enough. You didn't have enough faith to see that change. And then that's a question we got to ask tonight. Are, do people really know what they're talking about when they're saying that? D- does it really rely on how much faith we can conjure up in that moment? Because there are a lot of people that believe that. This week I read a story about a pastor that, that I, I really respect and really like. And, and he was telling a story when he kind of first began his ministry. He went to a church and he, he was visiting there. And, and he gave a message on faith. And uh, they had someone who was taking him to his next trip. Someone that worked at that church who had heard that message. And the guy said, I, you know, we got in the car and he's like, look, I, I have a real big problem with what you're saying. You, I, was, I, I think what you're saying was a total cop-out. That what you were telling those people on Sunday morning wasn't really faith. See, what the pastor was saying that day was kind of what we said the first week. Was that his dad was sick. And, and this is a personal issue for this pastor. And this was a really hard thing that he went through in his life. His father was sick. And his father was dying. And, and, and this is, if I said the name of this pastor, you guys would all know who he is. And he had liver cancer. And the guy said his you know what? I know that God can cure cancer. I know that God is bigger than cancer. And I believe he will. But even if he didn't, I'll still trust him, is what he said to the congregation that morning when he was talking about faith. And um, the guy said to him, you know, the, that's not real faith because you don't, you're telling me right now by saying that if, if God doesn't do it, then you don't have enough faith at all. That it, it, it's messed up. 
because you're not believing completely. And the reason why your dad's sick is because you don't have enough faith to rebuke that cancer. And, and so we have this big problem that people think that way tonight, guys. And maybe some of you do tonight. And my hope is as we get into this scripture tonight, we can answer some of these questions very clearly. Because you'll have people pulling you in all these different directions your whole life. But you need to know the truth for yourself. And the only way to find it is, is not just because I'm saying it, but you've got to go to God's word and look it out and find it. And here's what's at stake tonight. And, and this is so important, guys. I really don't want you to miss this. Is I have seen tons and tons and tons of people walk away. Friends that I love, people that I've cared about in my life, walk away from God, give up, get mad at God, shake their fist at him because they had faith on something and it didn't work out the way they wanted. And that could be a really hard thing. I, I think about this one person so often and, and this person went through a really, really difficult situation in their life. Um, I knew this person well. He, he was my leader for a time and he loved God from what I could tell and the enemy came and started, started to shake up some things in his life and he went through an issue where his sister had a baby and this baby got sick and this baby died and he couldn't figure out even though everyone had so much faith and was praying and believing why God would let that happen even though they had all this faith and and he blamed God for all of this and he and, and he and I think partially the reason was is he blamed himself a little bit that he couldn't get enough faith that he couldn't work it up that he couldn't believe for it and maybe some of you guys are like that tonight You've been trying to build up some real faith in your life to see this person healed. And maybe you can relate to that story. But tonight, I think our scripture is really going to help us on what we have to say. And we're going to be in Mark chapter 9 tonight. But I need to say this before we get into the scripture because this has been weighing heavy on me all week. Um, we're going to talk about a part of scripture tonight that the main focus of it is going to be Jesus removing a demon from someone. And I don't want anyone to be freaked out. I don't want any letters this week from parents saying my kid didn't sleep at all this week because you talked about a demon that was convulsing on the floor. Like that, that is not a fear that anyone needs to have. Jesus is bigger than this, that everything bows to him, that he is all powerful and there is absolutely no reason for you to be scared or terrified. And you know, I was debating on, what, on if I should use this passage or not. But you know, I, I think you guys can handle this. Because I know, I, I hope some of you guys are reading God's word on your own. And you're going to come across stories like this throughout the Bible. And I figured I might as well teach it to you before you guys just see it on your own. So th there's no fear in what we're talking about. This isn't going to be like Annabelle, that movie that like, I, you know, I, I change the channel every time I see it because I just think dolls creep me out. But you guys don't have to have any fear in any of this. Like there's no reason to be scared. Jesus is more powerful and he is greater than all these things. So there's no reason for fear. So we're going to get right into Mark chapter 9 tonight. This is what it says in verse 17. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought to you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. It's interesting because as I begin to study this first little verse here, we see that this father brings this son to Jesus. And, and he tells him something interesting as I was unpacking this. Like at first it sounds like he, he, he says, you know, I brought my son to you. At first you think, all right, he's talking about because he's in front of Jesus right now. But, but the, what he really meant was, you know, I brought my son to you before and, and you haven't done anything for him. In fact, I brought him to your disciples too, 
and no one's been able to do anything for him. And, and he's got this really serious condition. And some scholars are then really believe that this kid had epilepsy on top of being possessed. And some people just believe it's epilepsy. Some people believe it was a demon. Whatever it is, it, it, it doesn't really matter so much. I don't want your focus to be caught up on the issue at hand because I think there's something deeper going on that we're going to unpack in a second. But I think it's so interesting that he says to Jesus, I brought him to you. Because he hadn't brought him to Jesus before. He thought he had brought him to Jesus. He brought him to the disciples. He had, maybe he had thought, brought him to people who represented Jesus. And, and so he thought that was Jesus. But you know what? That made me think a little bit. Like, I wonder how often those of us in church think we bring our issues to Jesus. See, I, I think we probably bring them with us to church. We, we let them come sit with us in the service. We talk to our friends about it. We worry all night long and we call that prayer. But do we really bring our issues to the feet of Jesus? Or are we just talking about them to other people? Or are, are we just concerned about it all night long and we think that we're praying about it? Are you really bringing those issues to God? Have you really got down on your hands and your knees and said, Jesus, you need to do something about this? See, because the father thought he had brought to Jesus, but he hadn't. This was the first time that it was brought before Jesus. I think it's so interesting how he says it seizes him. And, and then that's kind of what I want to talk about for a little bit. See, like I said before, I don't really think that this is so much the focus of a boy being possessed. And I don't, I don't think that's what Jesus wanted us to get caught up about right now. Because I, I see an issue of faith right here. I see someone who needed something from Jesus because something was seizing this person over and over. And I hope you can see yourself in this story. What has been seizing you lately? What has been coming into your life and robbing you of your peace and your joy and your satisfaction in Jesus? What faith issue in your life do you need to overcome tonight that has been really bothering you and really tearing you apart? And so that's something that you need to ask yourself as we're working through these scriptures tonight. What has been seizing me lately? What has been trying to get control of me lately? Because I think we can all find ourselves in this story to some degree tonight. So let's go to this next verse here, now in 19. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So, so we kind of read these verses right here. And we kind of see that, that Jesus is mad at his disciples, that, that, that they didn't believe enough, that, that they didn't have enough faith to drive out this boy, for, for this demon out of this boy for whatever reason. And so maybe the thought in this verse is, is that kind of, you know, maybe it is based on all the faith that we can conjure up. But we, when you look at scripture, you always got to look at it as a whole, guys. You got to see the whole picture and what God is saying there. So let's go to verse 20. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. That's a pretty intense scene that happens right here. So they bring the boy in front of Jesus. And, and this is why you guys can rest tonight. This is why you guys don't have to be scared about this story. It's because as soon as this demon sees Jesus, it starts to freak out. It starts to get terrified at who he is. See, whatever it is that has a, his hold on you, whatever has been seizing you lately, whatever your faith issue is that you've been praying about is scared 
of Jesus. It is terrified of Jesus because it knows that he is king. It knows that he is savior and that he has the power to do whatever it takes, that he is bigger and he is more stronger. So, so this thing starts to freak out right now because it knows it's coming to an end, that Jesus is gonna deal with this and that this is gonna be done today. Man, that, that needs to give us some hope tonight. That needs to encourage us a little bit. That needs to let some faith rise up inside of us to know that whatever it is tonight, no matter how big, no matter how scary your issue is, it's terrified of Jesus tonight. And if you would just bring it to him, man, I, I know that something will be done and something will change. And so those of you guys that were maybe scared at the beginning of this, you can know that whatever the issue is, it's terrified of Jesus. And, and this brings out another point sometimes in our lives is that sometimes, guys, things have to get worse before they get better. Because Jesus needed to expose this for how horrible and how bad it really was. Because there was a deep issue in this boy. And, and you know what I love about this story? is never at any point does Jesus say, okay, w- what was the reason why this happened? Now, w- who sinned? Who, who did something wrong to make this come of this boy? No, Jesus never says that. He just gets down to the issue. But guys, there's going to be times in your life when, when you're going through a faith battle and Jesus needs to expose it for how bad it really is. And we're going to see why he needs to do that in a couple of verses, but sometimes things are going to get worse before they get better. But you need to hold on. See, if the father were said, all right, all right, all right, let's stop it right here. This is getting way too bad. I've never seen my son freak out like this. This is the worst. I'm taking him out. Things are getting worse. Things are going to seem like they're getting worse sometimes when you bring your stuff to Jesus because it's going to hurt a little bit because he's going to have to deal with some things that are deep inside of you. So know that, guys, that it might get worse before it gets better sometimes. Let's go to this next verse. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. And so here we go. We, we, we got a really dedicated father right here. I think that this father tried everything he could. He brought him everywhere to try and find a solution for his son. And, and I just think he's desperate at this moment. He, he's tried it with the disciples. And now this, he's probably on his last straw tonight. He's like, man, I've tried so much. I, I'm, he's probably at the point of being close to giving up at this point. He's prayed so many times. He's tried it all but it just doesn't seem like it's working. But, but there's a deep love here for his son. He doesn't lose hope, even though it seems like all hope is lost. I mean, this kid has had this problem for a really long time. He says, since childhood. So we, so we speculate that he was a teenager or later. Could you imagine how hard it was for that father? How long he went through the same issue, getting up every day, watching his son being tormented, thrown into water, thrown into fire. Could you, could you imagine that? Nah, I'm, I'm not a father, and, but even my heart breaks at that thought tonight. And I'm sure that there's a love that a father would even say is even deeper than I can even express to you guys tonight of what this father said. And, and see, this is something that's gonna answer one of the first questions I ask you guys, is that you cannot give up no matter how long it takes. We're talking anywhere from like 15 to 20 years right now with this kid. That's how long this dad has went through this issue. And you think your six-month issue has been long? You think your two-year issue has been long? This son is tormented day and night in one of the worst pains. He can't even speak anymore. Man, this dad knows pain, but he refused to give up until he got an answer one way or the other. And that's what I want to encourage you guys to do is not give up until you get your answer to keep fighting and keep bringing it 
to Jesus. Then he says this in verse 22. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Have you guys ever just been sick or something was going on in your life when you're just like, man, I, I just wish one symptom would go away. If, if I could just get rid of the sore throat and the fever could stay, that'll be fine. Like that's kind of what the dad is at this point. He's just desperate. He's tried it all. He just wants any relief that Jesus can bring in this moment. He's just so tired of this. And maybe you guys feel like that tonight. If Jesus can just do this one part of what I'm asking him at this part, I'll just take that. It's kind of the desperation that's coming out of the father's voice. But I love how Jesus replies to this statement. It's pretty funny. He says, verse 23, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. I think Jesus lulls a little bit in this moment. He's kind of like, do you know who I am? If you can do anything, if you can do anything, like I think Jesus was taken back at this moment. So you see, now we see an obvious lack of faith on the Father's part. We see someone who maybe didn't really have full faith that Jesus was going to do this right now in this moment for this kid. And I love Jesus' response. If I can, are you serious? See, guys, I think when we bring our issues to God, we kind of bring it like this Father does. And we just say, Jesus, if you can just do something. See, (laughs) guys, I think sometimes we forget because life has been so hard or beaten us up so much that we forget who our God is, that he's the one who put the stars in place. He keeps the, the earth rotating on its axis today. He created everything that you see. Nothing is too big for him. Nothing is too hard. And that's why Jesus is kind of like joking right now when he hears this response. But there's something so powerful in the second part of his response. Everything is possible for the one who believes. And I love this. Jesus does a little play on words right here. He kind of takes it from saying, if you can do anything, and then he says, no, 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 no. Here's what you're missing. I don't do anything. I do everything for the one who believes. It's a total shift in the dynamic. And so I want you guys to get this tonight. Is Jesus didn't want to do anything for this man. He wanted to do everything for this man. He didn't want to just do a little bit for this man. He wanted to do everything for this man. And sometimes what's going on in your life, you want Jesus to do something. But here's the thing, is he wants to do everything for you. And everything is possible for the one who believes. See, this whole, uh, let me unpack this now because we're getting to the point here. Jesus wanted way more to happen that day than just that boy being healed. See, that's what the dad wanted. But Jesus wanted to do everything that day for that family. And sometimes when you're in a faith struggle and you're in a faith battle and you just, you're focused on your one issue, but Jesus sees the whole picture. He sees what you and I are missing during that moment. He realized that there was something much deeper happening here at this surface. And we're gonna find out what that is, what the deeper issue Jesus wanted to do that day in this next verse. Immediately, the boy's father is convicted by what just happened, what Jesus says, that everything is possible for the one who believes. And he says, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. And I think that this is, probably one of the purest, honest prayers that someone can pray. He's going, Jesus, I believe that you can do this, 
But there's also a part of me that needs help believing this right now because I've tried so much, because the years have been so hard, because I've thought day after day after day. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. And guys, this verse sums up a lot for me. I'll learn a lot in this verse because, you know, if that question we asked earlier, I think the answer that would come next, if it relied on our faith and what we can conjure up and what we can do in that moment, I don't think that boy would have been healed that day. I I honestly don't. But see, we're gonna find out something in, in one second that is so powerful that I hope will bring so much release to some of you guys tonight. We'll see what happens to this young boy. When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I commanded you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed in him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. See, from what what I gather right here, what I believe is 100% true and what God's word is saying here is that it didn't depend so much on the faith of the boy, on, on the father, but really on the part of the faithful God who was right there in that moment. See, we think it's all on our shoulders that we need to do it, that we need to believe, but you know, there's something interesting that, that Jesus said. He said, is that a tiny mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. You guys know how small a mustard seed is? It's, it's really tiny. It's, it's, it's really small. That, that, that's all you need because it doesn't rely that much on what we can conjure up and what we can do. If we can just come to God and say, I believe God, help me with the parts of me that don't believe. I have faith, God, but there's parts of me that are weak today. I think God will take our small little mustard seed in that moment and that he will do something great with it and he will blow us away. And so just to answer that question I was kind of asking in the beginning, it's because I don't think it relies that much on what you can conjure up, but on the faithful God who cares so much about you. Let's go back to that point I was talking about a little bit before, that, the, that God didn't just want to do anything for that family. He wanted to do everything. See, he, he saw a faith issue that he wanted to work out in this family. He, he saw a family that didn't just need, sal- didn't just need this healing. It, it needed salvation also. And so Jesus saw what we couldn't see because you can heal this boy right now on earth, but then he'll spend eternity and his father will spend eternity in hell. So he realized that there was something deeper going on in that moment and he wanted to make them followers forever. And then that's why he was like that with this guy. That's why he didn't just do it because he was doing something in him because he wanted to do everything, not just anything for that boy that day. And, it, and, that's, and that's a hard thing to kind of break through tonight. I want you guys to get this. Jesus wants to give you what you need before he gives you what you want. Jesus wants to give you what you need before he gives you what you want. Some of you guys have some big wants today. You want some things to unfold in your life and work a certain way. Some of you guys are really young today, but you're waiting on that right person to come into your life and you're mad at God about it, even though you're in second grade. Uh, Obviously, there's no one in second grade here today. But some of you guys are like that today. Some of you guys are waiting on some other things, some things that are more serious. Maybe there's someone in your life that's sick. Maybe you're waiting on this breakthrough or that breakthrough, whatever your faith issue is today, whatever you're hoping for 
and believing for today. Jesus wants to do what you need before he gives you what you want. And he wants to bless you, guys. He wants to do good things in your life. But sometimes that, that can be a hard thing for us to go through because God so much would rather that you spend an eternity and that you are madly in love with him before he gives you other things that don't mean as much, things that will fade away, things that will fall apart one day. He wants deeper things for you. And that's why that point is so important that you guys get that. And I'm sitting in my office this week and I kind of wrote that point down and, and I just felt like God was like, all right, Joey, here's what I want you to do now. I want you to go back to Hebrews 11 and I want you to work this out for the kids. I want you to show them that this just isn't that one example in scripture. And, and I just thought this was so cool because we're, this kind of the basis of this, what we started with was in Hebrews 11 and that's the hall of fame of faith. And you know what? You know what I was looking as God just kind of led me to? I saw story after story after story in this portion of scripture of people who God needed to do something in them before he gave them what he wanted. And so I'm just gonna read a couple to you guys real quick. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and too old, she believed that God would keep his promises. So we got Sarah as this first example. Sarah wanted a baby so bad. She wanted this. She fought for this for so long. She believed in it for so long. It was her want, but God needed to do something in her first. He needed to work out that faith in her. He needed to develop some things in her before he gave her what she really wanted. So maybe that's a fluke. Maybe, maybe that's just one time. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. So we got this next example now, Isaac. Abraham loved Isaac so much. He finally got what he wanted, right? And now God goes, I want that back. God needed to do something in Abraham first. See, God wanted Abraham to sacrifice Isaac right there in that moment. But by faith, he trusted God and he believed him and he needed to do something in him. And then came that, the faith. God developed that faith in him and he was able to get his son back. And so here's kind of another thing that I, I want you guys to know. So many of us, so many of us are looking at God today saying, all right, God, do the miracle and then I'll believe. Do it, let it unfold, and then my faith will be unwavering in you. But the truth is God answers back to us tonight is believe and then you'll see the miracle. Put your faith in me. Believe when everything says it's impossible and then you'll see the breakthrough that you're waiting on. I mean, I wish I could tell you guys it was the other way around. How much better would that be? But that's not what God requires of us. He asks us to have the faith first. And we see that so many times in scripture. So you gotta believe and then comes the benefit. Then comes the breakthrough that you've been waiting on, not the other way around. And so here's my bottom line for you guys tonight. And tonight I just showed you a couple examples. And I had a couple more, but I'm going long, so I want to cut short. But go into Hebrews 11 for yourself if you need more examples of that, because there's a ton more that I highlighted that you could see and that you could really um, show yourself that God is so faithful. But here's the bottom line tonight. Your faith isn't dependent on you, but on the one who is always faithful. It's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't rest on your shoulders. And I, I am so grateful for that truth tonight that I can say in times of faith, God, I believe, but there's parts of me that need more faith. Can you help me? 
can you do this? Because it's dependent on him. There's no formula for this, guys. There's no checklist of what you need to pray and what you need to do when you're in this battle of faith. It's just believing in the one who is always faithful when we aren't faithful, who is always true, who's always right. And so for those of you that feel like walking away tonight, you've kind of just put your last hope out. Just hold on a little bit longer. I promise you, if you bring it to Jesus and stop bringing it to people, stop bringing it to church with you, but you actually bring it to Jesus, you'll get your answer eventually. But you gotta go to Jesus with it. And you gotta hold on just a little bit longer because God is always good and he's always working things out. So know that, guys, that it doesn't rest on you, but on the God who is faithful. And he cares about you and loves you more than anyone could. And he wants to see that breakthrough, but he might need to do something in you first before you get see it. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for every life here tonight, Lord. And I pray, God, that we would be able to see, God, that you love us so much, Lord. And that if we could see the big picture like you see the big picture tonight, God, then we would understand sometimes why our answer maybe doesn't come right away why sometimes it doesn't unfold the way we want it to. But we can't see the big picture tonight, God. And so like in Hebrews 11, we say, God, that we by faith believe and we have an assurance tonight, God, that you're real and that you're working this out for us, Lord. And I just pray for people, God, that are just hanging on by that string tonight, God, that have been waiting so long for their answer, Lord, who have been praying night and day, God, that you would be faithful to them, that it's not on their shoulders, it's on yours. It's, it's something that you're working out and you're dealing with, God. So I pray, God, that you would grow faith so deep in this room, God, so deep that people who were literally walking through hell today, God, would be able to say that God is good and then he's gonna work this out. And I believe in him. I pray, God, that you would just do something really special in some lives tonight. And I pray, God, that you would grow our faith in such a real way now that we know that it's not something that we have to do, that it's just a tiny mustard seed is all we ever had to do to move the mountains in our life. It's not something we have to conjure up. And we are so grateful that you are faithful, God. In your name we pray, amen.